For the first time in what feels like forever, the Dallas Stars will be matching up with the Minnesota Wild. On today's show, I'll be joined by Seth Topol of Locked On Minnesota Wild to give you a full preview of tonight's matchup. So tune in for as we swap questions about each other's teams and then end the show with our predictions for tonight's game. All of this coming up on a Thursday edition of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis. It is November 18th. A Thursday, once again, Dallas Stars game day. You are locked on the Dallas Stars. Here to talk about all things Minnesota Wild and Dallas Stars. Uh, I will be joined in just a moment by Seth Topol of Locked on Wild to give you a full preview of tonight's matchup. But before we do all that, I want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by the show. Whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day be sure to follow and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast at it's absolutely free be sure to also subscribe to the show on youtube absolutely free as well thank you guys for the continued support uh, i'm approaching about two months here at the lockdown podcast network and i've enjoyed every single bit of it you guys are fantastic you guys are great listeners thank you for tuning in to locked on stars every monday through friday to get filled in on all of your stars needs and to ultimately become a more educated dallas stars fan but without any further hesitation let's jump into today's conversation that i got to have with so topal of locked on wild my name is seth topal host of locked on wilds and happy to be joined by the host of Locked on Stars, Dane Lewis, for today's episode. Dane, how's it going? It's going good, Seth. I'm uh, I'm glad that we could cross over. I'm excited for this matchup. It feels like forever since these two teams have matched up. And it's always fun to watch these two teams go at it. Uh, I feel like um, any, any Central Division game is always fun to watch, but especially with the two teams in green and the Central Division. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a fun rivalry with especially the... Uh, the stars, North Stars tie-in that uh, that goes way back. So uh, always fun for these two teams to uh, to square off. I thought since uh, Dallas is the road team here today, we could start with some uh, some Dallas related questions. And so I gotta ask. Obviously, there's a fairly notable free agent who is uh, playing for the Stars this year that uh, was playing for the Wild for the last several seasons. Ryan Suter, who gets his chance to return to uh, the XL Energy Center as a road player. So I got to ask, how has Suter looked uh, so far this season? Ryan Suter has looked okay, I feel like is kind of the the simple answer. Um, He isn't necessarily dragging the team down by any stretch of the imagination, um, but he's not, you know, taking this team to new heights, obviously. Um, I think he's just a guy that kind of knows his role, playing similar to how Joe Pavelski played when he joined the team from San Jose a few seasons ago. Uh, just a veteran guy that, you know, is looking to, um, you know, maybe have one or two more playoff runs, uh, you know, make an attempt, <clears throat> excuse me, at winning the Stanley Cup. Um, obviously, the Stars still have a long way to go to get to that level. Um, but Ryan Suter's playing all right in their most recent game um, on Tuesday night against Detroit. He actually scored his second goal of the season. Um, so not a whole lot of goals from Ryan Suter, which I know 
isn't too surprising. He definitely is more of a facilitator at the blue line and also, I mean, just more of a, a defenseman at the end of the day. But I think he's a guy that, you know, at the end of the day is a good influence for the younger defenseman on the team, like Yanni Hockenpah and especially Miro Haskinen, um, who's having a nice season himself. But I don't think it hurts to have the veteran presence of Suter on the team with guys like John Klingberg, Essa Lindell. Uh, but he's, he's playing all right. He, he's doing pretty well, all things considered. Uh, I know a lot of Stars fans weren't necessarily thrilled about the signing, um, but I don't think anyone is too upset with how he's played so far this season. Obviously, uh, Jason Robertson uh, in the Calder Trophy conversation all the way through to the end of the year last year. Uh, how has he um, how has he done so far here in his uh, his sophomore season um, after uh, having a really nice rookie campaign last year? Jason has done really, really well so far this season. He didn't get to play the first few games of the season. He was dealing with some uh, some injuries. I, I'm not necessarily sure off the top of my head what the injuries were, um, but he did not travel on Dallas's uh, four-game road trip to start the season. Um, but ever since he's been able to play, he's looked really good. Um, health doesn't really seem to be an issue as of right now. Uh, the goals aren't necessarily pouring on kind of like they were last season, but I think you know that he's having to find his groove within the offense and the Stars' offense as a whole. Uh, has been a little lackluster up until the past week or so. Um, but I think he, Joe Pavelski, and Rupe Hintz, who are all on that first line for Dallas most nights, they're all kind of starting to find their rhythm. Um, Jason Robertson found the net twice in Dallas's last game against Detroit. Um, and Rupe Hintz, also on that line, like I mentioned, has scored in three straight games. Uh, so Jason's looking really good, and the guys around him whenever he's on the ice are also starting to pick things up. Uh, and so they're starting to provide some offense for Dallas, which, like I said, has been an issue um, through the first about 15 games of this season so far. I want to ask about the goalie situation as well for the Stars. Um, obviously, Braden Holtby and Anton Hudobin uh, have been the ones that have started the most of the games. And John Edinger also getting a start as well. Have any of those guys separated themselves as kind of the, the go-to uh, starting goalie for the Stars so far this year? Man, it, it is. It, I can't really say for certainty that someone has. I feel like if someone's gotten close to there, it's been Braden Holtby. Uh, to start the season, he looked really, really sharp. Um, looked really good. Kind of looked like you know the way that he played um, back when he was with the Washington Capitals, and uh, obviously won a Stanley Cup and a Vesna Trophy there, um, and was starting to show some glimpses of of, of his days with the Capitals. Um, but then uh, we started playing some better teams. Our defense kind of started letting more pucks. Uh, you know, get closer to the net. And eventually those pucks went in the net. And now he's currently dealing with uh, an injury. He's day to day on the stars uh, roster. So he hasn't played. Uh, I think it's been two or three games since we've last seen him. Anton Hudobin has had some nice performances as well. Uh, really picked up um, his game over the past few uh, go arounds. His first game of the season was a loss to the Ottawa Senators. Um, so definitely not an ideal start to the season for Anton. Uh, but he's really picked things up. And Jake Ottinger, like you said, has thrown himself into the mix as well. Uh, got his first start on Tuesday against the Red Wings. Looked really good. Only gave up two goals. Saved, I think, 28 shots. Uh, so it's been kind of hard to decide, you know, who is the guy in the crease for the Stars. But I think if I had to pick one guy uh, to kind of rock with, you know, for the rest of the season, and if the playoffs were to start today, and if Dallas were in the playoffs, I, and I had to pick a guy to start, it would probably be Braden Holtzby at this point in time. Has there been any player who has flown under the radar so far this season having a sneaky good start to the year um for dallas yeah there's there's quite a few guys because i you know i i think so often just with sports in general not just hockey it's easy for any spectator and even uh, you know guys like us that do podcasts or guys that cover teams in the media to look at the numbers and say oh the numbers define you know how well a guy's playing um and, and sometimes that's true you know you look at goals assists points 
uh, things like that. But, you know, I don't I don't think it all relies on the numbers. And there's quite a few guys that, uh, you know, have played well for this Stars team, even if their numbers aren't necessarily showing it. Um, and I think one of those guys that comes to mind is one of our other free agent acquisitions from the offseason. And that is Luke Glendening, uh, who was with the Detroit Red Wings uh, for his entire career up until this past offseason. Uh, he's just been, like, like you said, a sneaky guy that um, kind of flies under the radar at times, doesn't necessarily get a lot of goals. I think he has three or four so far this season, um, but a guy that's really valuable in the faceoff circle and a guy that's also really valuable on the penalty kill. Uh, the Stars penalty kill has been a little wishy-washy so far this season, but when it's at its best, it's normally when guys like Glenn Denning are on the floor. Uh, and he, I mean, another guy that Dallas brought in, similar to Suter and similar to Michael Raffle as well. Just some veteran guys that kind of, you know, know their role on whatever team they need to be on, guys that are coachable and guys that are going to do, you know, what it takes to put their team in the best position to win and let the the, the more star-studded players of the game do their thing. And they'll, you know, if they need to make the pass or, you know, go fight for the puck in the corner, you know, guys that aren't afraid to get their hands dirty and do whatever they need to do to put the team in the best position to win. So number 11, Luke Glendening, a guy to uh, to definitely be on the lookout for um, in in tonight's matchup. Perfect. Uh, tell you what, we'll flip it, and I will allow uh, Dane to uh, to pepper me with some wild questions here as we get ready for tonight's matchup between the Wild and the Stars. The special Lockdown Wild, Lockdown Stars crossover episode continues next. Hey, everyone. Dane here. Just want to take a quick moment and say thank you to one of the sponsors of today's episode, and that is Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever with the new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Stars. Again, thank you for making Locked On Wild and Locked On Stars your first listen every day. Seth Topol joined by Dane Lewis. And Dane, the floor is yours. Any wild-related questions you have, I am an open book. All right. Since you uh, asked me a Calder candidate-related question, uh, I'll go ahead and flip the script on you as well. Um, Kirill Kaprizov, obviously, you know, a guy that the Stars fans know because he was in contention and eventually won the Calder Trophy last season, uh, had a phenomenal rookie year. How has he done so far? Um, and what would you say is something that he's done exceptionally well so far this season for this wild team? Well, I I think the thing that he has done well so far has been taking additional attention that other teams are throwing his way. Uh, you look at the numbers, and obviously, um, I think a lot of fans and a lot of people that um, cover or follow the Minnesota Wild would like to see um, a, a better output in terms of scoring for Kirill Kaprizov. Some of that has been due to uh, just outstanding play by opposing goalies. He's had uh, a lot of good opportunities that just haven't gone in the net so far this season. Um, there have been other instances in which he becomes the focal point of uh, of opponents, and rightfully so. He should be as uh, as one of the Wild's better players on their roster. But teams have really schemed to try to take him out of the play. And uh, that results in, you know, as soon as he touches the puck, there are usually two skaters 
that uh, that meet him immediately. Um, and so that has led to, you know, a lot of times he simply does not have the avenues that he had last year um, to be able to uh, to try to score or to create opportunities for uh, for his teammates. Uh, the other thing has been, you know, the line around him has has struggled um, to stay on the ice and the wild have kind of mixed pieces together just to try to get that optimal fit with him. So there are a lot of, uh, of different things that have kind of come into play so far this year. Um, it does seem as though at points he hasn't had that same gear that he had last year. And um, I'm, I'm sure some of that stems from frustration. Some of it stems from what the opposing teams are doing to him. Uh, but, you know, the, the thing that Kirill always has done best is just his ability to have these otherworldly passes. Um, and he can anticipate where teammates are going to be before they know they're going to be there. So he's had some circus level passes so far this year that have led to, uh, to assists and goals for teammates. And you feel like at some point his production is going to get back to uh, the level that it was at last year. We just haven't seen it yet. And that's kind of been the common theme for this wild team is that despite the fact that they are 10 and five, I don't feel like they've played their best hockey by any stretch yet. And so when Kirill starts to kind of heat up, uh, when the rest of this team really starts to play their best hockey, this is going to be a really, really tough team for uh, for anybody to contend with once all of the wheels uh, hit the ground at the same time. Yeah, you mentioned the, the 10 and five start for this wild team so far. Obviously off to a... Uh, a nice start this season, you know, a top near the, I believe, second currently in the Central Division, um, a Central Division that, um, you know, maybe isn't shaping out how a lot of people have thought it would. Um, you know, you look at Colorado kind of sitting near the bottom, Nashville sitting near the top three as of right now. But uh, just with Minnesota's hot start, what would you say is the overall strength of this team? You say they haven't played their best hockey yet, but what is something that the entire team has done well so far uh, through the early stages of this season to put them where they're at right now? I think it's the depth. I think this team just has a lot of guys that are plug and play in pretty much any situation. Ryan Hartman, uh, leading goal scorer for the team so far, uh, has, I believe, played with every single teammate on a line um, so far this season. He has been a top line center. He's been a second line wing. He's been a third line center. He's been a fourth line wing. He just is able to uh, to slot in and play wherever the team needs him to. And that can be said for a bunch of other guys throughout the lineup as well. Uh, despite the fact that you look at Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala, and they both have two goals apiece, other guys have stepped up to kind of fill that that void. Um, Ryan Hartman, Marcus Foligno has, uh, has had a strong start to the season. And so the Wild are clicking on... Uh, the Wild are clicking and uh, and are playing, you know, at uh, at a pretty good clip. Ten and five is a good start, and uh, they're doing so without the big pieces really having gotten rolling yet, uh, because they have so many other guys that can step in and can uh, can get the job done. And we've seen that through a lot of their comeback wins this season. It's been you know the uh, the other guys that have been able to step up and get it done. Jewel Erickson Eck with a hat trick against the Winnipeg Jets to win that game. Um, Ryan Hartman has a couple of game winners so far this year, including the, uh, the game tying goal against the Pittsburgh Penguins with like two seconds left in regulation. So 
this team is very deep and they got a lot of guys that are capable of making big plays. And so far, a lot of those guys have made a lot of big plays to start the season. Yeah, that's great. It's really interesting, like I said, to see how this division is shaping out and always uh, fun to hear from, you know, you guys that, that cover these other teams in the division to, you know, hear about all the success because uh, down here in Dallas, we're, we're a little behind on, on that, um, but definitely finding our way. Um, and kind of the, the next question I have, one you asked me as well, who's a guy um, that, you know, another under the radar guy for this wild team that maybe Stars fans might not know about, uh, but that they should keep an eye on in this matchup? Um, I will give you two, and uh, it'll be basically for the same reasons. I'm going to go with Brandon Duhame and Ram Pitlick. Uh, Ram Pitlick, a former Nashville Predator who uh, recorded his first three goals of his career against the Seattle Kraken on Saturday. And him and Duhame both have just a we're going to go out there and we're going to give it everything we've got type of, uh, of a mentality on the ice. Uh, Duhame is a great asset as a speedster for this team and um, has has really helped create this bottom six that is as good as anybody's got in the entire NHL. So those guys have been really, really good and really important to what the Wilds have been doing so far this season, and that's only going to continue as the season goes. Um, so I, I would say those would be two names that a lot of a lot of fans throughout the NHL probably have not heard yet, but a lot of people after having seen them play um, are very impressed with what they're able to do uh, and what they bring to the table. So those are definitely two guys uh, to watch for um, in tonight's matchup because you know they're going to be making the plays that that maybe don't show up in the box score, but still are very important to the. Uh, very important to either the uh, the win or the overall outcome in general. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some of the most important guys on the team in the NHL, the guys that, you know, set up the guys that get the points. Exactly. Well, tell you what, uh, let's finish up by taking a look at the matchup. We'll look at some key areas and how both teams match up. Final segment of today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars is next. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. Thank you once again for making both shows your first listen every day. Seth Topal and Dane Lewis previewing tonight's matchup between the Wild and the Stars. And uh, Dane, I want to start on special teams as we look um, at how this matchup could potentially play out tonight. Um, just looking at the numbers, uh, Dallas with a uh, a power play percentage um, over 28%. The Wild's currently at... 17%. So uh, a little better clip power play wise for the stars. Um, has, have you seen, you know, have you been impressed with, uh, with what Dallas has been able to do on the power play so far this year? Yeah, absolutely. It's been one of the better surprises from the stars team over the past several weeks, uh, to, especially to start the season, whenever they played their first four games on the road. Um, I don't know. I can't remember now, but I don't think they scored a single power play goal then. If they did, it might have just been one or two. It was a, a huge issue for the team. The penalty kill was doing really well. The power play, not so much. And now it almost seems like the script has flipped. Um, I believe Tuesday ended a six-game uh, power play streak for the Stars where they were getting at least one goal. Uh, granted, they only had one power play opportunity on Tuesday night. Um, so not the same amount of looks that they've had. But it's been a really nice surprise over these past few games. Even the games that the Stars have been losing. Uh, nice to see that 
you know, the power play is finding a way to be successful because often a lot of times games can be decided on special teams on, on both sides of the ice. Um, but especially a team like Dallas that is more certainly a defensive minded team um, where goals can sometimes be, you know, hard to come by. Uh, it's nice to see Joe Pavelski especially has been really, really nice on the Dallas power plays. Uh, you know, he's aging super well. He continues to get older, but still continues to put up really, really nice numbers. Uh, Miro Haskin and John Klingberg at the blue line in those power plays, either setting up really nice looks for other guys or just putting the puck on net. Um, and someone's hopefully there to, to, you know, pick up a rebound or pick up a block shot. Uh, so been really, really impressed with the stars on the power play. Uh, they're still looking to translate some of that mojo over to the five on five units. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll take what we can get with this stars team. Um, on the penalty kill, um, obviously, both teams pretty comparable in terms of penalty kill numbers from a wild standpoint. My thought is that uh, the wilds penalty kill numbers don't look great because of the sheer volume in which teams have uh, have gone on the uh, the extra attack uh, against the Wilds. Uh, is that a similar situation with the Stars um, to explain kind of where their penalty kill is at? Yeah, I, I would absolutely say so. Um, and I, I think some of the games it's been cl cleaned up just a little bit, but it's still, you know, there's moments where we're just committing dumb penalties. And not only are the penalties themselves just in, like inexcusable or avoidable, um, it, it's the guys that are committing the penalties. It's oftentimes a lot of our veteran guys. I know Jamie Benn. Uh, the captain of the team has been in the penalty box, you know, a few too many times. Uh, Joe Pavelski has found his way there. John Klingberg, a guy that's important for the penalty kill. Luke Glendenny, Michael Roffel. Uh, you know, I feel like it's one thing if you see a younger guy or maybe a guy that isn't super important to the penalty kill, uh, you know, commit, you know, tripping or holding something like that. Uh, you know, you don't want to see any penalty, but if someone's going to commit it, you want it to be someone that isn't necessarily a huge key player on the penalty kill. And there was a game a few weeks ago against Vancouver um, that Dallas really lost because of all the penalties they committed. And you know, Vancouver's power play, I don't know if it's gotten any better now, but uh, during that game was like bottom three in the league, I think, in power play percentage. And they looked like the best unit in the league that night. Uh, and it was just due to the amount of, of penalties. But you say that's been an issue for, for Minnesota as well. So we'll we'll see how you know that, that uh, shapes out as the game goes on tonight. Yeah, I it, it's going to be very – it's going to be – pretty easy to tell early on uh, what kind of game we're going to have because the wild have been bitten um, so far this year by slow starts in which they may spot a team um, and spot a team maybe isn't the right word, but uh, fall behind by one or two goals because the other team comes out of the gate firing and the wild just have not quite gotten to that gear yet. Um, so that's obviously something I'm looking for. Uh, in terms of a concern on the wild end of things. Um, Dane, if the Stars are going to win here tonight, uh, what is going to be the biggest thing that helps them do that? Um, what would be the biggest factor to a Stars win here this evening? Uh, I think the biggest factor, and my listeners will know this, I feel like I've been harping on it over the past two games because Dallas is currently riding um, a two-game winning streak, which I think, I think two is the most that they've won in the row so far this season. So if they can win tonight, um, that'll, I think, be huge for their confidence. But I think, you know, what they need to do is something that they didn't do well at the start of the season, but are doing now. And that's just crashing the net, whether that's sending the puck on the net um, and having got, and just having guys there and creating a lot of chaos around the net, because that's how the Stars have found a lot of their goals recently is confusing whoever's in the net, uh, you know, making them lose track of the puck and then sneaking it by them or, you know, slipping it under them. Uh, and so that and that's worked for Dallas so far. You know, they've had some opportunities like that earlier on in the season and they weren't hitting their shots. But I think now that 
uh, you know, whether it's through practices and a few roster moves that were made by the front office and the coaching staff. Uh, I think as of right now that, that coach Rick bonus really likes the guys that he has, uh, you know, at his disposal um, and that he's kind of crafted his lines in a way where, you know, we have someone on the ice at all times that, you know, can facilitate things well and guys that are, you know, going to be where they need to be in order to give Dallas the best chance to put the puck in the back of the net every time that they have an offensive opportunity. I will say on the wild side of things, if the team can get off to a good start in the first period and avoid falling into that uh, one goal or two goal deficit right off the bat, that uh, that I think that will go a long way for this wild team. Uh, the wild have also shown uh, the ability to bounce back after performances like they had against the San Jose Sharks. And so, you know, this this team is fully capable of, you know, putting that sort of a game behind them. And so that, I think, is the biggest key for the Wild is simply to just move on from the Sharks game and to uh, to get back to that complete uh, complete game that we haven't quite seen yet this year. Um, beyond that, you know, it, it'll be nice to see. Um, not sure exactly who's going to be a net for the Wild, but um, would like to see a, one of the goalies kind of step up and take charge of a game. Uh, and if we get that, I think the uh, the Wild have a good op- a good chance to uh, to come away with the win here tonight. Um, let's just go to final predictions. What, what is your uh, what's your sense on what will happen here tonight? Uh, what are you thinking for a final score? Ooh, I, I've been thinking on this ever since we uh, agreed to do this crossover because it's it's been a, t- a challenge for me to think of because I know obviously, like you said, Minnesota coming off a tough loss to San Jose uh, at home, right? That that game was in Minnesota. Yes. Um, so I know obviously they're going to, you know, they're going to want to put that game behind them. But I think, you know, a team like you said, with all the depth and veteran leadership um, and just the talent they have on that team, that they're going to come in ready to go playing a division rival that they haven't seen in quite a long time. Um, and so I feel like if Minnesota wins this game, it could very well be, um, you know, a three to one, four to one affair. Um, whereas if Dallas wins, it'll be probably a little closer just because of the offensive inconsistency. Um but I, I also do think Dallas is in a really good place where they can win this game. And, and I think they really do need to win this game because after this one, uh, they have St. Louis and Edmonton and Colorado um, in a pretty quick sequence. And so they need all the momentum they can get. But I could see Dallas winning this game, maybe three to two. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this game go to overtime or a shootout. OK, um, I I was thinking, you know, right in that same area, um, I'm going to go and say wild four to two um, here in this one tonight. But as you said. Would not surprise me at all if this game goes to overtime. Um, the Wild have had plenty of those so far this year. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think we are in store for a um, a good matchup between these two teams. Um, not going to shock me at all if Ryan Suter comes away with the goal against his former team because that's just, that's just how the cosmic energy works. <laughs> when a former Wild player plays the Wilds, there's always a point involved. So that wouldn't surprise me at all, but... Uh, all in all, should be a great matchup between these two teams. Yeah, I'm excited. And uh, I, I know this is the first of several meetings this season, and hopefully it's a good first installment. Absolutely. That's going to wrap it up for this crossover episode, Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. So make sure now that your first listen is done for the day to check out the Locked on NHL podcast for a full recap of everything going on throughout the NHL every day. Make sure to follow Locked On Stars and Locked On Wild wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on social media. Um, we are pretty active uh, on all platforms, so make sure to check both shows out there. 
And you can stay as up-to-date as possible on both the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wilds by keeping up with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.